Hey guys, today I sit down and talk to Tony Oxley. Tony is the CrossFit coach at CrossFit Hawk Palita here in Holton. Tony has a long history with CrossFit. You can tell he's super passionate, super fired up. He was hooked right away and he's been doing it ever since. Uh, he was an engineer. He's transitioned out of that role into full-time CrossFit. Uh, so this is another fun one. I hope you guys enjoy it. Welcome to the Obsessed Podcast. I'm your host, Logan Herkus. In this podcast, we get to meet and hear from folks who are obsessed with a wide array of interesting endeavors. We dive into some awesome stories and look at the mindsets and the psychology of those who are obsessed. Let's go. Tony, thanks for coming in today. Thanks for having me. Yeah. The here to talk to you about CrossFit and, and many layers of CrossFit, but let's take you back to the beginning. How did you first get introduced to CrossFit and how did you get involved? Sure. My college roommate was actually the guy who got me introduced to CrossFit. And back in the time, back in the day, this was 2013, 2011, somewhere in that range. CrossFit was pretty new on the scene and everybody, at least all of my friends thought, oh, Jeff's doing CrossFit. Mm -hmm. that, He's doing some crazy psycho thing that it wasn't very popular at the time, but it was very popular with a certain type of person. Okay. And those people usually went all in. Right. And it kind of took over their social media, their Facebook. And so we just kind of made fun of him. And then my wife, uh, my now wife, girlfriend at the time, she got me plane tickets to go visit him one weekend. And we went, or I went to go visit him and his girlfriend. Stayed the weekend. They took me for a workout on Saturday morning and kicked my butt. Mm -hmm. um, I was always the strong one in college. We'd go work out together and he was always, you know, capable, mm -hmm. like a let's go Hallwood kind of guy. Right. But he wasn't strong per se. And so I was always the strong one. Right. Well, he outlifted me and outworked me. Hmm. And I'm 99% sure that his girlfriend outlifted me <laughs> and <laughs> outworked me. <laughs> so I told myself, yeah, I can't let that happen because that's not who I am. Right. Uh, so Fast forward a couple of weeks, I come back, I stop hurting, and uh, I looked up for a gym, a gym as close as I could find one. And now at the time, I lived in Milwaukee and worked in Sheboygan, Wisconsin. Mm -hmm. so it's about an hour away, which made it really hard to find a spot because I was either leaving too early for work or coming home too late from work. Right. And I luckily found a brand new gym that had just opened up in Sheboygan, CrossFit Sheboygan, signed up two weeks later. Hmm. The rest is history, as they say. Right, yeah. right. So the, the first time you did it, you, you were hurting quite a bit. And then you said, Hey, this is something I, I, I don't have it in me to just get beat like that. I want to get into it. And let me refrain. Hurting isn't sore. Right. Yeah. <laughs> um, I believe the workout was clean and jerks and toes to bar. Yeah. And you've done some toes to bar. I think like yeah. your core just way more sore. I was doing P90X. I was doing the Sean T insanity. And I thought it was, I thought it was pretty tough, Right. but man, those toes to bar just completely just left me just incapacitated. I was like, wow, right. that was awesome. Yeah. Um, I, I want to feel that again right. and I want to get better at it. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So did you have, you, you had some, uh, or quite extensive bit of uh, workout history before CrossFit? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I lifted in high school. I had been lifting since eighth grade. I think played football in high school, yeah. uh, track played basketball for a little bit, but a lot of, a lot of lifting weights in college. I, Continue to lift weights. I played club lacrosse here at Michigan Tech. Mm -hmm. um, I played rugby for a semester or two. So I, I, I was no stranger to the weight room and sure. no stranger to athletic activity. But CrossFit was something definitely different that I'd never tried before, and I loved it. Right, yeah. Previously, was uh, weightlifting and weight training more of a necessity or a, just a routine thing, whereas CrossFit you felt enjoyment in and really wanted to get excited about? No, I enjoyed weightlifting. Okay. In a... Uh, I, I took beginning weightlifting and intermediate weightlifting as gym classes. Yeah. And even when I wasn't in sports, whether it's club or, you know, high school, I was still working out mm -hmm. and I actually stopped playing basketball my sophomore or junior year of high school to just lift weights right. to get better for football and for track. So it, it was a, an enjoyable thing for me. Did it for social activity as well. A lot mm -hmm. of my good friends, we lifted weights together. Right. So there's a, a nice community aspect that I had with college. Okay. And in college. Yeah. Yeah. But CrossFit was another level uh, that it took you to. 
what was that those first few weeks like in Sheboygan then when you started getting into it <laughs> or first few weeks first few months I can't really remember just because okay. it was so long ago but I mean I also can remember yeah. um and just being exposed to just different things nothing that I did in CrossFit was necessarily new mm-hmm. to me I had done a lot of the lifts I had done a lot of the movements before just in the various training and sports and such but the combinations of doing them and doing them fast yep. and going heavy and all of that kind of coupled, I joke all the time with my members, you know, I've been sore for eight years mm-hmm. and it's, it's really not a lie. I have been right. <laughs> very sore for the past <laughs> almost decade now, yeah. but yeah, just sore, I think. And then I have to sit in a car for an hour on the right. way home. And I just started doing just three days a week at first. And that was plenty. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The, uh, so three days a week at first, you're really enjoying it. How quickly did you go from, uh, again, just a beginning member to this is it. Like I'm all in, I'm obsessed with this. I would say, um, several months for sure. Cause I was still running. I was a big runner at the time when I started CrossFit, that was what I would do for exercise. And mm-hmm. I, I ran a couple half marathons, a quarter marathons, you know, the average or the, the five K's that are around town in yeah. Milwaukee. I enjoyed CrossFit more. It was, it was a lot more fun for me. Okay. And I think that's over the course of about, I would say six months was when I really started to really enjoy that more than running. And I would taper back my running so that I could spend more time doing CrossFit. Mm-hmm. I think it was November of 2013 when I went to take my level one certification. Okay. My coach at CrossFit Sheboygan, she was the only coach and she was running three to four classes a day on top of a full-time job. And so she was beat. Sure. And so she knew I was, was getting addicted, if you will, getting obsessed with it. Yeah. And she offered me the opportunity to take my level one and then come on as a part-time coach. Mm-hmm. And then what she would do is at the time her membership was structured so that you would pay for three days a week, or you'd pay for two days a week, or you'd pay for unlimited. Okay. She said that I'll, you can continue to pay for the three days a week, but I'll give you the unlimited membership if you coach two classes a week on top of that so that I can have a break. Sure. And that sounded great to me. Right. Um, so I signed up, took my test and, or took the class and I passed the test, got my level one certification. I think it was just after, uh, Thanksgiving of 2013. And that's when I was kind of all in, I was like, I'm going to be doing CrossFit five days a week now. Yeah. Right. And level one being the, the first level of certification as a CrossFit coach. Correct. Yeah. If you want to open an affiliate or become a CrossFit coach, the, the, base requirement is to take your, your level one certification. Okay. Yeah. Um, but you were, so you went to school at Michigan tech for Mm -hmm. an engineering, what degree again? I was a, or I, I guess I was civil engineering. Okay. Uh, bachelor's and master's. Okay. But down in Wisconsin then. So you were five days a week CrossFit, but still engineering as well at the same time, right? Yeah. Yeah. So like I said, I was in Milwaukee living with my girlfriends and I would drive an hour. It was 50 miles to my office in Sheboygan. And I would wake up at, oh, geez, I can't remember now. I think I would wake up at 5 so that I could be on the road by 6 so that I could be at work at 7. Mm-hmm. And I would work until 3.30 or so and then hit the 3 o'clock or 3.30, 4.30 class, whatever it was at the time, and then coach after that. Yep. And then I'd be coming home at 7. Right. So I was I was gone for 13 hours for a good chunk of the day Right. for, right. for a very long time. Yeah. Um, and how quickly did you get to the point? Cause eventually you started competing in some of the CrossFit games. How quickly did you get to that point as well, where you're that committed? Yeah, that was probably in 2014, the first time I competed. Um, and that was a Festivus games. Okay. So this is, uh, the Festivus, if you are a Seinfeld fan, uh, Festivus for the rest of us. Sure. It's, it's a competition for the non elite, if okay. you will. And so at that time I was maybe on the edge of able to compete in there. They don't want advanced athletes. Not that I was by any means advanced, mm-hmm. um, but based off the workouts that were going to be done for the competition, they were movements that I struggled with. So okay. I figured, you know what, it's appropriate for me to, to compete in this workout or compete in this competition. And it was a two K row into a five rep deadlift. And then there was a nasty workout with a bunch of burpees and back squats and toes to bar. Mm. And then the finisher the championship workout was like hang, hang squat thrusters. Or I, I forget what it was and some dumbbell with some sprints in there. I don't know. It was, it was a good time, Yeah. but I think I finished fifth, um, in that competition and that 
that was kind of another bug had bit me there. Cause it was kind of cool. You work out with the same people every day in your affiliate, right. and your friends, whatever, but then you getting to compete against other people and then kind of doing well, right. <laughs> it was, it was, it was really fun. Yeah. Um, and that, again, that kind of prodded me a little bit into that more competitive side. So I did start signing up for some more local competitions after that. Sure. Okay. The, uh, did you played football and mm-hmm. other sports growing up? Was that somewhat of a replacement for that or would it just fit in naturally the competitive side of things? For sure. Yeah. My, uh, my coach and I, this is later in my CrossFit career, but we'd often liken it to those that do really well in CrossFit or compete in CrossFit were the, the ones that never were good enough to make it to the next level in their sport. She right. was a soccer player, wasn't good enough to make it past college. Sure. She found CrossFit, fell in love with it. You know? right. So I, I would say the same thing's probably my case football, lacrosse, rugby, mm-hmm. really enjoyed the competitive mindset of it. And then once I left college, I had no outlet for that until right. I found CrossFit. Yeah. Right. The, uh, was that a welcome replacement that oh, competitive yeah. side? Yeah, it was a lot of fun. And I think anybody who is even halfway competitive when they start CrossFit, they, they enjoy that part. Cause yeah. even though we're not, we like to, you know, preach you're, you're working out for yourself. You're working out against yourself. It right. doesn't matter what everybody else is doing. Mm-hmm. We all judge <laughs> or right. not judge. We all compare for sure. Say, well, what are they doing? Oh, well, I want to beat them. Right. Right. I think that's just natural. Yeah, for sure. No, and it's not, it's not like a, uh, a culture wide thing, but it's just an internal thing. Like you're going to compare yourself. Hey, this person's been here for a while. They're really doing well. That's where I could be. And let me push myself to, to get there. And I think that's healthy for sure. Oh yeah. 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 The, uh, and this is probably dramatizing it, but the, I'm thinking about the, again, you're used to competing. You're used to going all in on, on, on sports. You leave that, you you know, the book fearless. Have you read that book? I haven't read it, but I know of it. Okay. Yeah. Um, again, it's, it's a be, I'm sure dramatized beyond what you had or what, what you had going on as far as a potential hole left from ha- not having a competitive spirit there. But the guy, he was a star high school, athlete and after high school just left with nothing and and really fell apart and went down a long dark road eventually somehow through a friend's dad who uh had high ups in the military joined the military and then before you know he turned his life around and he was the captain of seal team six uh and just crazy story i mean what he ends up getting into and and how his how compassionate he was as a soldier overseas and stuff like that but i don't know i just again I'm, it's a dramatized version of what you had but it does feel like there's something there where you're used to competing you could potentially lose that and good to find something to replace it with yeah and i think there's my story is not unique in that aspect i think there's lots of people who do the the beach body workouts the p90x the shanti insanity mm-hmm. and it serves a purpose for a while but by nature, you're doing those things alone in your basement or in your living room. Right. And if you do it long enough, unless you're really dedicated, you just lose motivation for it. Yeah. You know, you've done the same workout 60 times. You're right. Just, I just don't feel like doing this today. And then that starts to build up. And so you start to cherry pick and you do the same thing that you do enjoy doing. Mm-hmm. And it just gets old after a while. And with CrossFit, as you know, every workout is different every day. So you never get that experience. You know, every day is a brand new competition, a challenge, whatever you want to think of it as. Um, and that's what was really, uh, really, you know, important to me was that it does change every day. It did not get old. Right, right. We should a little bit set the scene or the stage for CrossFit. Yeah. The the high arching theory or method behind CrossFit, maybe you should, you should dive into it. The kind of the basis of the foundation of what you're what you're shooting for. Yeah, for sure. CrossFit. Um, definition of CrossFit is constantly varied functional movements performed at high intensity. So the constantly varied piece is what I just kind of touched on. Every day we're doing something different, mm-hmm. right? Different workout, different intent of the workout. So some workouts are meant to be hard and fast. Some are meant to be really slow grinders. Some are really heavy. Some are high skilled. So really this the the feel of the workout will change every day. And there is a specific goal in mind with that feel. And what we're really striving for is to to get a certain intensity of movement, intensity being the power that you actually create. And that's force times distance over time. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's our definition of power. And then you have functional movements. So these are things that we do every day, natural movements, they're essential movements. Once you do them, you can no longer live the quality of life that you want to live. And the high intensity piece is going to be the most important piece. And mm-hmm. this this is often mis, misunderstood 
before CrossFit. I know when I first heard of CrossFit, I misunderstood this piece. But if you think of high intensity, a lot of people think of either grunting or yelling or screaming Mm -hmm. when they're in the weight room, you know, the bodybuilder way, or they think high heart rate. Like if you're running a marathon, you want to make sure your heart rate stays below a certain threshold. And those things are maybe correlates to high intensity, but it is not high intensity. And I liken that to if you're watching a scary movie, Mm -hmm. your heart rate's elevated. Right. You're not getting fit. Yeah. Right. So you can, you can have a high heart rate and be completely, you know, sedentary Mm -hmm. with a Coke and some popcorn. Right. Um, We define high intensity as power and high intensity. If you think on a scale from low to moderate to high intensity, you think low intensity is anywhere from zero to 30%. 30 to 70 would be moderate intensity. 70% and above is high intensity. Mm -hmm. And if you think about it, 70% effort on anything is really not that high Mm -hmm. or heavy if you're thinking about it that way. Right. So anything above 70%, we can be considered high intensity. And it's all should be noted that intensity is relative. Right. Right. For, For the day, for the person, based off of what you have mentally and physically to give that day. For sure. Yeah. I can say firsthand that, um, CrossFit will fit for me personally. I mean, I don't have a ton of experience. I've played sports growing up, but recently don't have a ton of weightlifting or or, or training experience, uh, that I can go in there and get my butt kicked. But somebody else is like you, that's been doing it for eight years can still get your butt kicked. It's all just relative to that person and what you're, what you've got going on. Yeah. I might be doing a few more reps or a little bit more weight, but we're both doing the same workout and Mm -hmm. it's just customized for whatever we need that day. You know, yesterday is a great example. It was a, it was a tough workout, but we were able to modify it to make it more of a recovery piece because people at the gym are pretty beat up right Thursday. Usually people are tired and (laughs) a little sore by then. So you can take it a little bit easier if you need to. Right. Right. The, uh, so let's go back again. I want to dive into the competition. So you were engineering as well, as well as competing. Mm -hmm. Um, the first year you were in the more of the entry level, uh, what was the word you used? Well, so those are like, uh, Local competitions. Okay. Right. So just like any activity, right, there's going to be competitions, whether it's a chess club or, you know, shooting club. There are gyms that just said, hey, we want to host this competition. Mm -hmm. If you guys want to bring your athletes, try out, see how you stack up against other local athletes. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's mainly where I started. Um, I was also doing the Open, which is the yearly competition through CrossFit. That's the, the Open uh, it's the first phase for the CrossFit Games, and they call it the Open because it's open to everybody to to join. Right. So I was doing that as well, um, along with 300,000, 400,000 other people. Mm-hmm. But the local competitions is what really kind of got me into that competition side of things on the CrossFit. Okay. Because there really are two sides, I guess we can mention this. You have your, I'm just here to, to be healthy right. and just work out and get a good sweat and go home and go to my job and just live my life. And then there's the competitive side of CrossFit where they're doing this to make money as a living. Right. There's very few people who do that. You watch the documentaries. Those are those people. That's the top 1%. Mm -hmm. Most of us are in the, we just do this for fun. And then there's maybe like 5%. I'm just making this up. Right. Of people who are like, well, I want to be the top 1%, but I'm not quite there. And so that's where I probably would put put myself is that I want to do this for a living. Mm Mm-hmm. I know I'm not going to make any money doing it, but I really enjoy doing it. And right. It, and it would be really cool to maybe one day get there. Yeah, for sure. What was the progression of the competitions? Like you did some of the opens. Did you make it up in any of those competitions or anything like that on a, on a larger level? Um, I, I never did make it to the next level from the open. Uh, back in the day, it was the open. Oh, it changed so many times. Uh, but when I was competitive, it was the open. And if you did well enough, you could make it to regionals. Okay. And they would take the top 40 individuals, and I think they would take the top 20 teams. Mm -hmm. And a team would either be a team of uh, three men, three women, or I think they change it to two men, two women in later years. And at Brew City, my second gym, we got close a couple times. Okay, Um, We were in the top 30 teams in in the region. And so if, you know, one or two workouts had maybe gone our way or somebody else had maybe done poorly, we might have made it. But mm-hmm. I never, never made it to regionals. And I was always, I think, in the top uh, top 200 for sure in my region okay. for um, for the Open. And there were a couple of times where I, I think I might have maybe got a little bit higher. And I think I was always trying to be top 10 in the state of Wisconsin. Okay. And I think I was maybe like 15 or top 20 for sure those, sure. those years that I did it. 
which in itself was kind of cool to say like, hey, I'm one of the top athletes in, in Wisconsin. So Right, for sure. Yeah. And some hard, hard workouts, obviously, too, for somebody to, yeah, yeah. And, and, a, and a lot of people out there that are doing them. And yeah. Yeah, no, it was a lot of fun. And, you know, you can take things too far. There are some times where I maybe redid some workouts and mm-hmm. <laughs> probably shouldn't have, and it didn't really change my score all that much. But I was, I was young and I was dumb. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. No, and you're pushing it. Like you said, there's a difference between somebody that's there to uh, live a healthier lifestyle versus you who's competing. I mean, you're certainly going to be more prone to take it to the next level. For sure. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. Did you do a lot of, uh, I mean, when you're competing and getting into this, you were, you were all in. Did you do a lot of uh, researching uh, diets, supplements, stuff like that, to try to be as proficient as you can? Yeah, um, for sure. Definitely, if you want to take it to the next level, you do need to to worry about those things. Most people don't. Mm-hmm. Um, I will say that I was also coaching at this time at CrossFit Sheboygan. So there was, um, you know, there's stuff that you study in order to be a better coach, just like you would prepare for your job. A lot of this stuff came from experience. Uh, but then also at that time, everybody and would be putting out information. If they were mm-hmm. even somewhat of an expert on one aspect of CrossFit, they'd throw out this blog post or they would make a video or host a website and say, this is what you should be doing. And so of course I tried everything. Right. Um, Supplements. Yeah. I was taking protein. I started taking creatine, started putting on some weight because I ran Mm -hmm. quite a bit. So I was, I was probably about 140, 150 pounds when I started CrossFit. Now I sit comfortably around 200. Yeah. So I probably put on 40 to 50 to 60 pounds of of muscle mass over, you know, three or four years training for CrossFit. I was, Thicker at some points, thinner at others. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, doing a lot of diet experimentation for sure. When I was gaining weight, I was just eating and eating and eating. Yeah. Couple of that, I did some Olymp- Olympic lifting competitions in there too, where okay. you have to make a certain weight class. So I was also having to adjust to maybe get back to 85 kilos or something like that for, for a competition. Um, but then just having a good teacher, uh, a good mentor is is also very key when you are in a competitive sport like CrossFit. And I will say that once I moved to Bruce City CrossFit, my my coach Fernanda was instrumental in helping me progress as an athlete and telling me what to do and what not to do. Mm-hmm. For sure. Yeah, there's really, uh, I mean, thinking about this, we're talking about you getting all in and the diets, whatever else. I think it is important to clarify there is the two and reiterate there is kind of two aspects. Again, the mm-hmm. the recreational, I think it's good for anybody, any age class, any whatever, any activity level. But the point of the podcast is obsessed. That's why I'm interested in, in your progression mm-hmm. and what that looked like. And we can dive into some of the, the coaching stuff after a bit here. Yeah. What was the transition from I'm engineering and I'm doing CrossFit to I'm no longer engineering and I'm just doing CrossFit. Yeah, that's, um, that happens. I would say towards the later ends of my time in Milwaukee, I, I left my job in Sheboygan cause I, I was there for about three and a half years, an hour each way, twice a day got to be really, really long. So yeah. after about three and a half years of that, I said, I've, I've had enough. I, I can't do this anymore. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I will say that CrossFit Sheboygan was one of the reasons I stayed there so long. That okay. community, my friends there, having that that outlet, it kept me in Sheboygan probably longer than I should have been. Sure, um, but I did enjoy my time there, and I enjoyed my job. It was just that that drive. Mm-hmm. So I got a different job in Milwaukee, and it was you know significantly closer. But depending on the traffic, right. <laughs> it still took me a half hour to get to the, the office. Yeah, but that job I did not enjoy as much. Sure, and whereas in Sheboygan I was working with local farmers and people that I actually could see and talk with because mm-hmm. it was a smaller firm, 10-person firm. Yep. I was now working for a 40,000-person company that had clients overseas and different all over the world, and I didn't necessarily see the fruits of my labor anymore. Okay. And over time, it just got really mundane, mm-hmm. I guess is the right word. I, my heart wasn't in it, and my heart became more and more in to CrossFit. And then I got the opportunity to work at Bruce City CrossFit. I was about a, I was a member there for about a year before they, they brought me on as a coach and they kept on giving me more responsibilities. And I started remembering why I started to coach in the first place. Right. Um, I enjoyed doing it and they offered me more and I said, yeah, I can take more. And then I went part-time with mm-hmm. engineering. And so I was doing part-time for about 
I don't know, six months to a year. And then my part-time at the office started to look like four hours a week and, mm-hmm. <laughs> and then, you know, 12 at the gym or whatever it was. And it just got less and less and less. I used all my PTO. Um, I started using unpaid time. And then it eventually got to the point where I was essentially working on just one project yeah. and it was a nightmare of a project and I hated it. Right. Um, and when I turned in that final submittal to my project manager, I was like, all right. And also here's my two weeks notice. Yeah, right. <laughs> and, and my wife was a, uh, was a big part of that too. Yeah. Um, cause she saw that I was not happy. Yeah. So she's like, you're, you're being, you're cranky. You're not happy. You're upset. And it's affecting my life now because mm-hmm. you're cranky and, and not being a, a, a nice person. Right. You should just quit. And I was like, okay, <laughs> yeah. All right. I did it that day. Huh. Was that a, a hard thing to do? I mean, you got the, the, um, social, aspect of it where like you went to school for engineering and now I'm leaving that job? I would say yes and no. It w- it was hard in a sense that it, you know, you lose those, the safety things like the benefits and mm-hmm. the nice, you know, the, the high salary, obviously you get paid more as a civil engineer than a CrossFit coach. Right. Um, but my transition I think was so gradual from full-time to part-time to really part-time and then the, as I was lo- losing hours at the office, the gym hours were picking up. I think it was so gradual and I was enjoying myself so much at the gym. I didn't really affect me that much. Mm-hmm. And I, I think I was more relieved at how happy I was after I had done that. I don't, I don't think I realized how much it was affecting me, the stress of having to deal with two jobs and one that I didn't really like. Right, right. Um, and then luckily I will say that, you know, I put in close to six years as an engineer. I was able to pay off my student loans and pay for a car and pay for a wedding. So I, I did set myself up nicely with that. Mm-hmm. But for sure, you don't look back on it and regret it, but it was a good move to move on. Eh? Yeah. Yeah. I, I do look back at times and wonder, you know, had that Sheboygan job been in Milwaukee, would I have stayed? Cause I loved that job. I yeah. really did. I enjoyed what I, what I did at that, uh, those three and a half years. But it was just that drive, and then moving to that other job, it was just like, yeah, yeah, no, that was easy. That was an easier job to leave than the than the Sheboygan job. Yeah, for sure. So then you're a full time CrossFit engineering is out of the window. You said you instantly noticed a big change in your happiness. What was the, what was that, or for what reason? Well, I think the big reason is that I could see the results. Okay. So, like I said, when I'm working for, you know, an an army site on Costa Rica or Puerto Rico, wherever it was, I can't remember now. Mm-hmm. It's like, I'm never going to see the, the fruits of that labor, right. right? I'm writing reports about who knows what you could train an eighth grader to do this job, mm-hmm. right? You're just taking data and putting it into a report. Whereas when I'm at the CrossFit gym and I am helping people every day and you see the same person over the course of say six weeks go from an absolute beginner to getting their first pull up to seeing them throw a hundred pounds on the bar for the first time for a back squat. That is cool. Mm-hmm. And you just see that look in their eyes. Like, did you just see that? And you're right. like, yeah, that's yeah. awesome. Right. You know, yeah. imagine we're going to be in another six weeks, yeah. you know, to six months. And so that was really cool seeing those improvements. And it's not just one person I and mean, yeah. you see, I mean, or right now I see 30, 40 people a day and they're all getting better. And, you know, Bruce D was a much larger gym. You know, we had, I was probably seeing 200 people a day at wow. some of the, some of the, the, the higher times. And each and every one of them, you know, brings something and you feed or you get, I don't know, them succeeding makes you feel better and mm-hmm. makes you want to help them succeed more. Right. It just kind of builds and snowballs on that. Yeah. So the, the coaching side, let's, let's continue with that. Um, did you know you would like it going into it? I think so. I taught in college, um, graduate school. Yeah. I, was, I taught the soils lab. That was what I was focusing in. My both my parents are teachers, um, so I think I have the teaching gene, mm-hmm. if you will. I enjoy it. I don't mind getting up in front of people and talking, which can be a, a scary thing for people. Yeah. So I think I knew that I would be good at it, and I think that my my first coach, I think she saw that in me, which mm-hmm. is why I think she also offered me that opportunity to say, like, yeah, I need a break, but also I think you'd be good at this. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I, I do enjoy it. I think I, I think I knew that I would be good at it as well. Yeah. Yeah. What did you enjoy the most about it as you got into it? Hmm. 
I'm not really a people person, which okay. is weird because you have to be when you're a coach because you're dealing with people. Yeah. But I think it's because you're my people. Okay. Right? So if, if I'm just going out about and just running into random people in the street, like I don't want to have to have a conversation with them. But if people come into the gym and they want to get better, now you're speaking my language. Mm-hmm. You want to get healthy. You want to get strong. I think that's... Yeah, it's hard to tell. I don't yeah. know. No, I think I could see it. Um, you've seen huge improvements physically, mentally, uh, your confidence levels through the the course of your CrossFit career. Um, consistently seeing that in other people and letting them relive that, and, and you're the one that's helping push them through that, I could see that being super rewarding. Yeah, and like I think you nailed it on the head there is I – I am probably past my peak, yeah. <laughs> um, but it, being able to vicariously live through people getting their first pull up again, you know, it makes me remember all of that joy and excitement that I had of going to the CrossFit gym for the first time. Right. And yeah, oh, I got a pull up today. That's really cool. And you know, it's been eight and a half years since I got my first pull up, mm-hmm. but I still remember that feeling, and I can still live through that with other people. Right. Right. Yeah, the uh, so my obsession is mule deer hunting. I head out west mm-hmm. and hunt mule deer. Um, I'll never get my first stock again. I'll never get my first sunrise yeah. glassing again. But when I can, when going with somebody new and letting them live through that and see the how amazing it is and their reaction to it, it's it's yeah, you get to live through them and, and see that experience through them again. Yeah, that's yeah. so cool. Well, and uh, this kind of goes. I don't know if I ever mentioned this, but like I I brought my brother. I got him introduced into CrossFit, mm-hmm. and he met his wife. Sure. through CrossFit. Right. And now he's got a kid and he's got his own house and you know, he's happily and all that because of, you know, all because of me, of yeah, course, right, but yeah. all because of CrossFit really. Um, <laughs> right. I pushed him to do CrossFit and that's where he found his wife. Yeah. Which is really cool. And that's not a unique story at all in no. the CrossFit atmosphere. There's been several, several hundreds of people who've, you know, found their spouse, whatever, but even just changed their life around with CrossFit. Right. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. It's neat. The, uh, the, again, I think uh, I was thinking about the coaching CrossFit and and what you would get from that. And I don't I don't know if I'm pulling from a quote or what I'm pulling from. But I feel like there's a, a, a mindset of like you can judge your life by the amount of people that you've impacted. Uh, yeah, I know what you're. I know I, I there's a quote of that. I'm yeah, sure something to that effect. But either way, with that mindset, do you not that you're actively consciously thinking about that? But is there an element of that where you can? look back and say, look at how many people I've helped and how rewarding is that? Oh, for sure. And I, we talk about that in my coaching development group a lot too, where you, you become a coach to help others. Mm -hmm. And then like the next step is CrossFit seminar staff. So you become a seminar staff member so that you can coach coaches Mm -hmm. so that they can go out and coach others. Right. Right. You can, you, maybe you're not as helping as many people, but the people that you're helping are going to go on to help so many more people. Mm -hmm. But yeah, the number of people that I have have you know helped over the course of these past eight years is too numerable to count for sure mm-hmm. but just you know if, if i could have helped them in some way which then there allows them to help somebody else in some way i mean that's ultimately what we're here for i think yeah for sure no do you have uh i'm, I'm relating to basketball i played basketball growing up and my coaches are uh I had some awesome coaches that they taught me lessons in ninth grade that I still apply to my day-to-day life. And I, I should go and tell them like, Hey, thank you for that. Mm -hmm. Um, did you, do you have that in CrossFit where you have people come back and say, Hey, thanks on a physical level, but also like, because of you, I'm now a better person or I'm better in my job or or whatever else. Yeah. I can't think, I can think of one specific, I can think of several. Mm -hmm. Um, and this is back when I still had my Facebook, Uh, but I remember one guy, reaching out to me and this is when I was up here in, in Houghton and not down in Milwaukee anymore but he said just just wanted to shout out you know to, to coach Tony or whatever um, he, I said something to him he wanted to get better at deadlifting I was like how do you get better at deadlift? you deadlift more mm-hmm. and like I sh- you know I, it was something more profound than that right but it was just something super simple like you just need to deadlift better more right and he said like I added 100 pounds to my deadlift and just wanted to shout out so to that so like that helped him um, and then over the pandemic, when we were doing virtual classes, I did do a couple virtual classes with Brew City, which was really cool to see some of the old faces that I, you know, hadn't seen in a couple of years. Right. Um, and I got an Instagram message from somebody, um, from this guy's wife actually. And apparently, what they would do every night before they went to bed is they would just say one thing that they were thankful for. Mm-hmm. And 
um, he had said, I'm really thankful that I get to, that I got to see Tony today, like going through and having that class just was like really helpful for his mindset. He's like, I got better at my toast bar today because of the one thing he said, it was just a really, and that to me was like, that's really cool. Right. Right. I can help somebody just have a better day. And then, you know, who knows what him having a better day did for however many other people. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You spread positivity and that'll has a ripple effect. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, that's good. The, uh, I bet you there's a lot out there that think that, that never go and say it, just like me and my high school coaches that I've mm-hmm. never gone back and told. And I bet you there's a lot out there that you don't realize that are very thankful and have you've impacted greatly that appreciate it, but just life happens and they haven't told you about it. Oh, yeah. And I know, too, I'm very thankful for the people who have helped me in my life, you know, right. even up to this current day. Um, I'm still in contact with Fernanda. She's probably my best friend. And, mm-hmm. I mean, now she's down in Costa Rica. We don't talk all that much. But... I'll, you know, whenever I do good on a workout or I PR workout or do something that I never thought I would be able to do, be like, hey, guess what I did today? That's mm-hmm. because of you. And right. so I'm just hoping to <laughs> give her that little a girl, like you did this, not me. Right, right. Yeah, it's fun to be able to help people. I mean, I think if you have that mindset, I can relate. I mean, I went to Michigan Tech for mathematics for two years. I was be a high school math teacher. Uh, all my interest was in business and sales. And so that's why I'm in real estate. I mean, that's what I've done for the last seven years. Not real estate, but sales and business sure. in this world. Um, but I still have that strong teaching desire. Uh, or, or like I really enjoy helping people in, in, in any aspect. But in real estate, that helps as well. Is Essentially, that's what you are. I mean, you're, you're coaching them through the process. But you're way more than just selling a house. I mean, you're talking them through. Yeah, you can be. I mean, you put on many different hats throughout mm-hmm. the day. And, and that's really enjoyable. Um, but I, I, I relate it to you. It's like the impacting more and more people. It's just, yeah, it's just rewarding. Yeah. Well, and that comes down to like one of my core values is meaningful work. Yeah. And I don't mind working hard if it's going to be put towards something productive or meaningful. Mm-hmm. And what is meaningful varies based off of who you are. Right. But I think a big thing for at least me, and it sounds like you, is, is helping other people. Yeah. And if I can help you, that is meaningful work for me. And I will there's no length to what I won't do to help you do something if you want it. And if you're willing to work for it, Mm -hmm. yeah, for sure. Do you ever get caught up in the, uh, how do you say it? Like the, just the, the routine of life. And sometimes you forget what you're doing it for. And then something happens. You're like, wow, thank you. That's somebody comes out and says something, you see a change, whatever else. And it reminds you like, that's why I'm doing this and kind of snaps you back into realizing what you're, being a CrossFit coach for in the first place? Oh, for sure. <laughs> this just a couple weeks ago. Um, the I don't know if you were there or not, but the 515 class just finished up. The 615 class came in and nobody was leaving. I was like, what's going on? And then they gave me like a giant Christmas card yeah. with like a bunch of stuff. And I was like, oh. Right. <laughs> like, wow. Okay, you guys really, really appreciate me being here. And I, I yeah, you're right. You see everybody, this, the same people every single day. Mm-hmm. And it's just, it's just business as usual. Right. Um, you maybe get a little dissatisfied or a little content. Mm-hmm. And then you get that, that kick in the pants. You're like, whoa, okay. What I do really does make a difference. Right. I need to step my game up. Yeah. And it might already, you might not need to, but it, you know, that, that's what it was for me. It was like, I am appreciated. Yeah. I guess I forgot that. Mm-hmm. Now I need to earn that appreciation again. Yeah. And... I, I was there. I was uh, a weekend, so I wasn't even a part of the card. Yeah. Um, but it was, I could tell it impacted you. For yeah, sure. yeah. I mean, I almost yeah. teared up. <laughs> right. Yeah. The uh, No, it's cool to see. I mean, you, you impact a lot of people and help a lot of people, and they yeah. can say it back to say thank you. Well, and I get just as much out of it as, as you guys do, right? right? So obviously you get coaching, but I also get to practice coaching and become a better coach. And how do you, how do you get to be a better coach? You coach, right? Um, yeah. You know, so I, I do get as much out of it as you guys do. Mm-hmm. So. so, what was the transition from uh, Wisconsin up to the UP up here? Mm. Yeah, we lived in Milwaukee, which if you're from Milwaukee, <laughs> you you know mm-hmm. uh, it's it's a great city. But I was born and raised in northern Wisconsin. My wife was born and raised in Southwest uh, Michigan, so country ish, yeah. middle of nowhere. We went to school at Michigan Tech. <laughs> you know, we're not really city people. Right. I'm glad I lived there. It was a good experience. Everybody, I think, should learn how to drive in traffic. But we just didn't want to live there anymore. 
and it, we moved out of the city to a town called Cudahy, mm-hmm. the south side by the airport. And it was it was all right. We stayed there for almost two years. But during that time, we, we kind of made up in our minds that, yeah, we wanted to move. And we decided that we were going to move to someplace we wanted to live and find jobs to, to fit as right. opposed to moving for where the jobs were. Yeah. And so luckily, Sarah, my wife, was able to keep her job in telework. Mm-hmm. So it was just down to me. And so what I started to do was just update my resume, send it out. I think I sent it out to 15 or 16 gyms across the country in mm-hmm. places that we wanted to live. And we had some requirements. It had to be outdoors. It had to be either by a lake or in the mountains. Mm-hmm. Um, it had to have like a college nearby because we wanted that kind of young college town kind of feel. Mm-hmm. And so we had looked at like Missoula and Marquette huh. and, and Houghton and there are some places in, in Colorado and I think someplace in California and Oregon, even Oregon, Oregon. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so I sent all these emails out and nobody got back to me hmm. except for CrossFit Hackapleta. Right. And I kind of looked, I was at Bruce City CrossFit that night. I think I just finished coaching an intro and I was, I was leaving. I um, looked down at my phone and I looked and I saw it. I had an email and I was like, can I swear in this? Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> I was like, yeah, I was yeah, like yeah. holy shit, <laughs> how cool would this be? If we could go back to Houghton. Right. Because, I mean, we both went to school here. Um, and all of our friends, we all said, wouldn't it be like the ultimate dream if we could live in Houghton? Yeah. And then here it just kind of fell in my lap. Yeah. And like the only gym, I, I swear, I sent out 15, 16 letters, resumes, in you know, barbell jobs, which is where you can look for CrossFit jobs. Mm-hmm. Um, and nothing. But I got one email back. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Two months later, uh, we were up here checking the gym out, looking for houses. Two months after that, we bought the house. We went to Costa Rica. And then like one week later, boom, Hmm. moved to Houghton. Yeah. (laughs) So it all went very fast. (laughs) Right. And you came up here. So you're full-time ever since you moved up here. That's what you're doing. Correct. Yeah. Yeah, May of 2019 is when we moved up. And I have been, well, it's not not full-time, full-time, but it's that's the only profession that I have had since I've been up here. Okay. Um, how do you guys like it up here? Love it. Yeah. Absolutely love it. And then looking, moving forward in the CrossFit world, do you have any next steps, next plans, or what are your thoughts there? Um, I am pretty happy with where I'm at right now. Obviously, I want to become a better coach, mm-hmm. help people as best as I can. So there are some things within CrossFit to do that. I, I have my level three certification right now, and just a matter of maintaining that you have to take uh, continuing education credits. And so learning and just picking and choosing where I want to, to focus because CrossFit's a pretty wide subject that you can explore in. And mm-hmm. so um, right now I'm taking a class on mobility and, and, and like breath work and stuff like that. Yep. So that's fascinating. Um, but I could focus on gymnastics. I could focus on conditioning, you know, running. Um, so there's all sorts of places that I might, spread out to mm-hmm. um but right now maintain that level three certification and just keep getting better mm-hmm. we should uh at some point now or later talk about the i feel like like you said there's misconceptions about crossfit about the i told somebody before i joined i said i'm thinking about joining my concern is you hear about everyone always gets injured mm-hmm. and they passionately told me no that's wrong if you listen to yourself and you know your limits uh you'll never have an issue or most likely you won't have an issue more than if you're out running or whatever mm-hmm. else it might be. Statistically, you're going to be fairly similar to anything else, if not less because of the strength that you've built. Um, yeah. Can you talk on that or expand on that just to uh, try to eliminate someone's concerns there? Sure. Yeah. Um, everybody has some sort of pre-existing condition right. and that's not the right way to say it, but CrossFit's really good at finding existing injuries. Yeah. And a lot of people do have shoulder issues, hip issues, ankle issues, but if you don't do anything physical, mm-hmm. you're never going to really notice that pain until you start using those joints in that motion that causes pain. Right. And that could be CrossFit. That could be running. It could be it could be any number of things. Mm-hmm. So I think that's part of where that misconception comes in that, yeah, CrossFit is going to get you injured. Um, chances are, and maybe not the case, but chances are that that was a pre-existing injury. Mm-hmm. Now, you can be injured doing CrossFit just like you can be injured doing everything. I have hurt myself several times doing CrossFit. Right. But the cool thing is, is you want to know how I fixed myself? CrossFit. CrossFit. <laughs> right, right, right. Um, so 
Yeah, there there is a chance of injury, but it is statistically very low, like you said. When you measure sports injuries, you do it in thousand sport hours mm-hmm. or injuries per thousand sport hours. And depending on the resource that you look at, CrossFit is comparable to Olympic weightlifting, which is about two to four injuries for every thousand sport hours. Okay. And you can look these these up. Um, like high school soccer is atrocious and long distance running, which yeah. everybody likes to do is pretty bad. That's, you know, I think it's on the order of eight to 12, depending on the study that you, you look at. So yeah. CrossFit is, if you, if you go by that, you know, a quarter as dangerous as long distance running. Right. All that to say, you're probably at the greatest risk of driving to the CrossFit gym because yeah. <laughs> you're at a higher risk of, of accidents of death by driving than, than CrossFit. Right. Right. The, uh, you had mentioned Missoula. Did you have experience out West or what made you want to potentially move out there? Well, we, uh, my wife and I, we went out with our dog to visit Banff. And so we took a, like a week and a half vacation. We drove out sole purpose to, the intent was to go to Banff Mm -hmm. because Banff is beautiful, but we also wanted to stop along the way to see if there were some places that we wanted to live. So we stopped in Duluth for a couple of days because that was one on our list. We stopped in Missoula and then, uh, that was, those are the two places that we stopped at to see if we potentially wanted to move there and kind of scope it out. Yeah. But yeah, Missoula's nice. Yeah. The, uh, I talked about mule deer hunting and that's mm. all out West and I yeah. love it out there in a different life. I would live out there. Um, we go out there quite a bit as a family. Um, the, there is a intersection. I'm curious if you've ever thought about this or heard about this. There's an intersection in the, 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 um, precision weightlifting, not the precision, but somebody who's all in on weightlifting or, or training, whatever else and hunting because they're searching for a super lean source of protein. Mm-hmm. Is that something you've ever heard of or examined uh, uh, someone who hunts for the sake of a weightlifting perspective? Yeah. I mean, I think that's going to go down into some rabbit holes of nutrition right. and the quality of, of food and everything. But yeah, generally speaking, you want to eat leaner meats. Yeah. Um, I think one main reason is that if you're, if you're eating a really lean steak versus a really fatty steak, most of that fattier steak is, is fat, mm-hmm. right? So for just bang for your buck protein, you're going to get more protein out of a leaner steak, right? you know, per weight. So I think that's part of where it is. And I think there's also, especially in our American diet these days, there tends to be more fat and carbohydrates. So if we can eliminate some fat from your protein source, mm-hmm. Um, I think that's a good idea. All that saying, as long as you're eating enough food in the right quantities, it probably doesn't matter so much. Right. But I think there's something pretty, I don't know, cool about eating your own, you know, hunting and eating your own food as opposed to having to rely on something else. Mm-hmm. For sure. I don't know. It's rewarding to, yeah, uh, kill an animal, process it yourself, get it in the freezer, cook it. I mean, from one end to mm-hmm. the other and, and see that come through. Yeah, I think there's something real, you know, down to nature with that, as opposed to just going to the grocery store and buying a pound of ground beef, right? You actually, you don't know where that comes from, (laughs) right? But actually, if you actually hunt the deer yourself and clean it yourself, there's something special to that. Yeah, for sure. So I want to close this out with, of course, through CrossFit, there's ebbs and flows uh, and peaks to your obsession with it. What what, what were some of those initially when you started? what, What did those look like and what did that all entail? Sure. Yeah. I think there's been really three, three, yeah, probably three peaks to my obsession with CrossFit. The first one is obviously when I first started, right? When we went to that first workout, had my eyes open to what really being in shape means. Um, cause I thought I was in shape and I, I was not. Mm-hmm. Um, so that one, it got, got me fired up and that got me going. And then I would say the second one was when I went to the granite games for the first time. So this is, I was in Bruce City CrossFit at this point. This was 2015, I believe. And at that point, I thought I was a good athlete. And at Bruce City, bigger gym, a lot more athletes, some younger guys that were some pretty pretty good pipe hitting athletes there. And I hung, hung well with them. Um, definitely wasn't the fittest, but one reason, one reason or another, I think the, the one guy got hurt. Um, I got invited to go to the Granite Games that hmm. year. And the Granite Games now is much bigger than it was back then. Um, but this was a regional competition, St. Cloud, Minnesota. People from all over the world would show up. Hmm. Some big-name CrossFit athletes would show up. And we were in the community division. So that was one guy or two guys, uh, two women. And we went. it was a team workout. 
right. their team competition, which was really cool. And that was eye-opening in that regard just because I was just a little fish in a tiny pond and then get thrown on the big stage and just seeing the the quality and the ability of these athletes was very eye-opening. And that really lit a fire underneath me, me to like get after this. Yeah. Like I could be there. Right. Um, and so when I got back from that, that's when Fernanda and I started working really closely together. And we were very obsessed for a very long time. I would say for the next two, almost three years, we were working out six days a week, three hours a day. Hmm and just hammering everything CrossFit. And that's and we got along so well and we just pushed each other and we kept our obsession going with each other. Right. Um, when she started to flag, that would be when I was on a, a high sp- high spot and when I started to go down, she would, you know, fall in love with it again and yeah. we tried different things and those honestly were some of my favorite training years um, with Fernanda, the old Brucey Florida Street location yeah. and then moving forward into the mall. Um yeah, that was that was probably the second time that I got obsessed with it, mm-hmm. just getting into that hardcore competition. And I, for the record, I don't recommend that for, for everybody. <laughs> um, I think that maybe some of my injuries later in my CrossFit here CrossFit career stemmed from that. Yeah. Uh, I'm a lot smarter now about it. But then the the third time I think I became obsessed was when I um, uh, took my level two certification, and the level two certification is obviously the next step in the certification process after level one. And that's really the level ones where they teach you what is CrossFit and how to, and how to teach the stuff. Mm -hmm. The level two certification is how do you become a better coach? So instead of teaching the CrossFit material, it's teaching you how to be a better coach and how to see and correct faults. And so at this point I'm coaching at, at Bruce city and thinking I'm a pretty good coach. I got, some good feedback from members. People seem to enjoy my class. I feel like I'm doing pretty well. I got a handle on this this coaching thing. And then you go to this seminar, this weekend seminar, and these good coaches, mm-hmm. actual good coaches, um, start picking apart everything that you're doing. Yeah. You know, did you see that? Did you see that? What would you do to fix this? And you're just, um, you know, yeah. no idea what I'm doing. Right. Super eye-opening. And I think what that did is it really pushed me to to become a better coach hmm. or to really want to become a better coach. I think everybody wants to be a better coach, but a lot of people don't necessarily put in the work to do that. Right. Um, and so I changed a lot of things, learned a lot that weekend, and and really tried to apply that moving forward um, into what I do now. Mm-hmm. And I think that was really kind of the push I needed to to maybe at that point my my athletic career, if you will, my CrossFit career was at its performance starting to decline. Mm -hmm. I'm getting older, can't hang out with the young guns anymore. Um, But I was able to then take some of that energy and put it into the professional development, the coaching side of things. And I think that was really the the third time. And I'm still, I'm still on that phase right now. Yeah. Um, Especially, you know, taking the level three this summer and passing that um, has really pushed me to to want to be better Mm -hmm. for that aspect of the thing. Yeah. The, um, the coaching side that you said they were really scrutinizing you and mm-hmm. some of your tactics, was it more on an actual, like, uh, a tactical level or communication or what was it? Everything. Okay. Um, so this is maybe getting a little bit too in the weeds for some people, but there in CrossFit, we have six domains of what makes a, a good coach. So yep. you have your teaching, you're seeing, you're correcting, and that's, that's the eye. Can you actually teach the movement? Can mm-hmm. you see when somebody's doing the movement wrong? Right. And then how do you fix that person doing the movement? Mm-hmm. And then you have the other three, which are presence and attitude, demonstration, and group management. Okay. And so generally, you're not going to be proficient in all six. Right. Um, unless you've been working at it for a really long time. And so in that level two, uh, they look at all those six things, and they actually have you teach small groups, like teach this one-on-one. Um, or teach these seven people how to do the the deadlift, mm-hmm. right? And then you have these instructors who are the best in the world watching you teach other people. They're not watching the people, they're watching you. Mm-hmm. And they're saying, well, what were you thinking when you did this? Did, what were you thinking when you saw this person do that? How would you change that? Um, and that was really the kind of the 
the critiquing of how you're doing things. Not necessarily saying you're doing it bad because there's a lot of the times they say, hey, I really liked how you did this, mm-hmm. but here's how you could do it better. Right. That kind of thing. Okay. Um, I'll have a, a, another follow-up question, but mm-hmm. I'm, I'm curious. The uh, communication side of things, in sales, that's what I do. I mean, mm-hmm. the, the better you are at communicating, the better you do it. And really, I think probably it comes back to the better you are at listening. Uh, but then can you deliver on your communication? But how much of it, do you personally focus on your communication, on your delivery methods, on your, um, yeah, that side of things within CrossFit? Is that something you think about quite a bit? Quite a bit. Yeah. And I'm sure my fellow coaches can attest to that because I've been working with them on that as well. Thinking about what you're going to say, the order you're going to say it and how it flows, I think is crucial, especially if you're essentially I'm giving a performance every class, Mm -hmm. right? Um, the performance itself changes and once things get moving, you guys have an effect on how that performance goes, yep. but it does help to practice ahead of time. Mm-hmm. Make sure you know what you're saying. Everybody has safety words, trying to avoid saying those things and just sure. embrace the, the potential awkwardness of having the, some uncomfortable silence yep. while you're thinking of what do you have to say next? But yeah, I think communication is, is very important and if you don't communicate effectively with your clients, I can't expect to teach them. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so that kind of goes into how do you learn best? Because certain people learn best by seeing things or by hearing things or by feeling it. And so I have to know who likes which way best yeah. to best get to them what I want them to do. Right. So yeah, right. it's very, very for, uh, upfront in my mind. Yeah. Because yeah, absolutely. Some people will respond to a very slow and steady approach and some people will be like the the reverse being like you have to a little bit get after them Mm -hmm. um and and i suppose you just feel that out as you go or how do you determine how you should yeah it's pretty it's pretty uh easy to kind of go trial and error on that you know if you you, i like to go a verbal thing first like hey i want you to do this Mm -hmm. if you struggle with that then i'll go like all right look at what i'm doing Mm -hmm. and then if you're you know that's usually if you you're an auditory person, you get the first one. If you're a visual person, you'll get the second one. Um, and then I'll try like, well, they're not getting it. I'm going to put you in the position. Okay. You know, can you feel that? And if they can feel that they're, you know, a sensory person. Sure. Um, you can always use videos on the internet or anything like that as well to help people out. But generally based off of what they respond to is where I'll then attack. Okay. Or use more of that type of, of cue. Right, right. But it is something you are consciously thinking about is is communication mm-hmm. methods and teaching methods as far as that goes, eh? Yeah, yeah. We always say in, in, in our coaching group, you know, teach it like you would teach it to a five-year-old. Mm-hmm. If you can't explain it to somebody who has no idea what they're doing, you're using either jargon or too big of words or speaking too fast or just not speaking the way that they are teaching in the way that they that they learn. Right, right. The, uh, the follow-up question I had was, seems like you you have a drive to consistently be improving uh physically but also on a on a in crossfit your own personal crossfit and coaching Mm -hmm. uh you said right now with the level two and going to the level three coaching is that what keeps you engaged like if you ever got to the point where you're like okay i'm done improving or done challenging myself is that when you would be like okay i need to move on to the the next thing i think so yeah um the beauty of of crossfit is there's always something to improve on Mm -hmm. um there's so many different facets of it. If you're a master in the one, well, that means you're a novice in the other 1,700 of them. Okay. So yeah, always that continual improvement. And I think, I think anything that you're doing in life, you should strive to be better at. Because I mean, who doesn't want to be a better whatever it is that you're doing, mm-hmm. right? So yeah, I, th- I think that continual improvement is, is what drives me because I do know that there's so much that I'm not good at. Right. So whether that's physical performance, whether that's coaching performance, mental performance, or, you know, trying new hobbies and being a beginner again, Mm -hmm. um, that's, that's kind of why I do that to try to just get a little bit better. Um, a little less wimpy every day is is what I say. (laughs) Right. Right. Yeah. No, it's good stuff. The, uh, yeah. Anything else that you'd like to cover? I mean, I think we did a pretty good job of encompassing some of your history, what CrossFit entails and what that, what that all. Yeah. I mean, I guess the last thing I would say, this is, you know, as a level three, I'm obligated to say this and I'm not, um, try it out, try out CrossFit. If you're interested, check it out. I mean, I'm sure that wherever you're listening, there's probably a CrossFit gym somewhere nearby. Yep. Just Google it. 
try it out. Yeah. It's changed my life. Right. And lo- locally, CrossFit, yep. CrossFit Hecapleta. In Houghton, yeah. Yeah, right here in Houghton. If you're if you're listening, come by, check us out. Uh, we've got a brand new gym, essentially. It's just over a year old. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah, good stuff. Appreciate what it, Tony. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. Hey guys, thank you for listening today. I hope you enjoyed it. If you have and you feel so inclined, share this podcast with your friends, subscribe to the podcast wherever you listen, and give us some feedback with a review. Until next time, thank you.